0: This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920 435 2973 or visit pl 259.com and buy the Ham Station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800 729 4373
1: or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio.
0: Good evening, everyone. This is Ham Talk Live, episode number 24 DXing and Log Analysis with Valerie Hotzfeld in V9L. Recorded live on Thursday, July 28th, 2016. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. This evening, Ham Nation co-host and avid DXer and contester Valerie Hutzfeld in V9L is here to talk about working those rare expeditions and how to analyze your logs to do better next time around. We will take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Nathan Nixon, N7NAN, was here to talk about promoting ham radio as an MCOM option for the American Indian tribes throughout the country. If you missed the show, you can listen anytime. All you have to do is go to hamtalklive.com, or you can uh, get it as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Uh, We're on iNet Radio, and we're also on YouTube. So get all your questions ready to go. After the interview, uh, you can call us on Skype. That username is HamTalkLive, or you can call by telephone, of course. That number is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-NET-HAM-1, one You can also tweet your questions. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. So next, Val, NV9L, right after this word from Tower Electronics, right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978, bringing connectors, antennas, cables, and other parts to the world. Scott and Jill travel the country bringing their store to you at HamFest, but you can also order online at pl-259.com or by calling 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and in connectors, audio cables, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated in connectors are even in use on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics is a dealer for MFJ, Comet, Diwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro Technologies. Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. If Denny's is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, why are there locks on the doors? Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Hey, thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight so we can bring you Ham Talk Live. It will be at the Berryville, Virginia Hamfest on August 7th. And they're coming soon to Huntington, West Virginia and Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Call them at 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com. Be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show, you can download the podcast from the website and most popular podcasting websites. Valerie Hotzfeld, NV9L, is originally from Wisconsin and now resides in Illinois. Val is a co-host for the wildly successful video podcast Ham Nation on TV, where she usually contributes information about DXing and contesting. And Val is a numbers kind of gal, so at Contest University this year, uh, at Dayton, she gave a talk a question and a question-and-answer session about log analysis. Valerie is uh, one of the most noted YLs in the hobby and spends most of her weekends on the air working contests along with her fiancé, Jerry, WB9Z. Uh, she is a member of many DX and contesting clubs and an ARRL volunteer examiner. Uh, she has also been the North American pilot station for Amsterdam Island FT5ZM in 2014, Wake Island, K9W in 2013, and Swain's Island, NH8S in 2012. Besides her ham radio obsession, she enjoys camping, traveling, hiking, fishing, bowling, gardening, and baking. That that sounds like an awful lot, Val. (laughs) Thanks for coming on Ham Talk Live tonight.
1: Yeah, I forgot to add uh, basket weaving and <laughs>
0: no. Oh, it's not underwater have, basket weaving for teens, right?
1: <laughs> I have a lot of hobbies. And for, um, yeah, you know what? I was just listening to you earlier and I have to go back and listen to that. Uh, Nathan, uh, the podcast where you interviewed Nathan, because I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I'm an enrolled tribal member of the Ponca tribe of Nebraska. So I am Native American. So that sounded like a cool interview that you had last week.
0: Yeah, Nathan's done uh, done a lot of cool things with that and uh we've done uh, some things with him over at uh, amateur radio newsline. And um so yeah, that's a that's a good one and uh kind of interesting to to hear how he's getting some of that MCOM stuff going uh with some of the tribes. So right. Hey, tonight um, we want to talk uh, some DX, and, and we want to get into the contest analysis first. But one of the things that I always ask the people who, you know, put together these big expeditions when they come on the show or whatever is is what their advice is if you're on the other end. And so I want to get your advice on, you know, if you want to get that expedition in the log, what are your top suggestions on making sure he or she is successful in doing that
1: well my strategy was when i just had 100 watts in a simple station and i was living on my own in wisconsin i would get through well i of course i have the 2db game being a while but i would get through if i'd find a empty hole in the middle somewhere but when i was talking to jerry who's been on many uh, de expeditions, most of them in the top ten uh, ra- ra- as rarity goes. Uh, he says always go to the top of the pile um, or the top of the uh, pile. So, like if they're listening on two forty through two fifty, you want to hang up near two fifty or just a tad above.
0: Oh okay, to get through. You
1: and you doing? know what? Day one is crazy. That's for the big guns. You know, you're just yeah. going to drive yourself crazy. Although. You'd hate to not try on day one and then all of a sudden have bad weather come along and then they pack up and go home. So it's kind of a, a catch-22. But I, I usually don't try on day one when I, when I just had my 100 watts. I, I wait a couple days.
0: Yeah, that, that does uh, definitely help. And, and one of the things that we found um, at the school is that YL factor. Like you, you said you got 2 dB just for that. But, but it, you know, if your voice is a little bit different, you know it helps, and some of my kids they like to go just a little off frequency. Yeah, just I do that So they as well. sound just a little bit different. Um, and of course, we've got a couple of YLs, so we we try to get them on the station too. But yeah, um, I don't
1: I don't zero beat a lot. I do that intentionally as well. So even though I have a high voice, it, it does make a difference. And I was on the other end when I went to uh, PJ6, and boy, I could hear the YLs come right through the top.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's easy. When when I was like, you know, six and seven, um, I they would always think I was a YL, and so I kind of got the YL effect because my voice hadn't changed yet, and and so I could get through a lot easier than than I do now. So it, let's let's just pretend here for a minute and say, all of a sudden tomorrow they announce North Korea is on. What are you going to do?
1: Everything I can. I, I'll, and I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I definitely need that one. I want that one. Uh, he, he could be online tomorrow. That's a possibility because it hasn't been announced when. And who knows? You know, we didn't know when that Don was going to be on when he was on before. He was visiting there working out the plans to come back and go on the air. And who knew he was going to be testing like that? So I know it's coming soon uh, to a radio near you.
0: Yeah, so get so get ready. Any other suggestions on on breaking through those pileups or or getting a de expedition to log a favorite band or mode you like or anything like well, that? Well,
1: twenty meters. That's your twenty and forties are there, you know twenty meters for sure. They're big money bands, so they're going to usually have someone on that twenty four seven. So you'll eventually get through. And a lot of times at the very end of their de expeditions, they'll ask. Uh, For people who haven't worked them at all on any band, so they're looking for unique onlys, you can usually get through on the first try on those. Sometimes they're begging for callers on that last day, especially if it's a big team um, and propagation's been good. Although, so, yeah. Yeah, although uh, right
0: now uh, propagation isn't that
1: good. Nope, you're right there.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's looking like it's going to get worse, so... Okay, well, very good. Let let's switch gears here and and talk a little bit about the uh the log analysis. That was one of the big things that uh, the kids uh that went to contest university were looking for and I was uh looking forward to hearing was your your contest analysis because we we started playing around with that a little bit and and started taking a look at the logs and and what kind of uh data we could start pulling from that. And so we learned a lot from that talk. So Uh, why don't you talk a little bit to the listeners, uh, about, you know, when a contest is over and you've got that log, what kind of statistics are really useful for them, um, to go back and, and try to improve on their score the next time around?
1: Well, first off, I'd start during the contest because, um, I think a really useful tool and makes it a heck of a lot more fun is logging into the cqcontest.net live server during your contest. So you're going to actually see a real horse race in real time, how you're doing with others in your category. Um, And that's so easy to do uh, if you use N1MM, which a lot of U.S. contesters use, um, and you just go into your configuration, there's actually a tab when you go into configuration called score reporting, um, and you just have to first go to cqcontest.net, uh, register which is free. Give you know you'll need your call sign and come up with a password. And then when you go into N1MM on that score reporting tab under the configuration menu, uh, just put in your login and which is your call sign and your password, and you're automatically linked. You're in a live leaderboard uh, as a contest is going. And I think it's set up automatically to report your score every three minutes in the background. You don't even know what's going on. And you can really glean a lot of data from that because uh, someone else in your category, you can see what bands, how many QSOs everybody has on each band. And you can see when they're moving to 40 or they're moving to 15 or, you know, so you can watch and uh, get a lot of information while the contest is going live and make your corrections then and there. So I really recommend that. And it just makes it a lot more fun, really makes it a lot more fun. Uh, but yeah, after the contest, uh, best I think the best thing to do is you're going to get those emails or you're going to have to request them. Some you have to request them once the scores are uh, published. Um, it's called the UBN uniques busted and not in the log report. And I kind of go through that and see how many mistakes were made Certain op because we do a lot of multi operator contests, so I look at who made the mistakes, um, what times the mistakes were made. uh, You know, I mean, you give it a a little bit of a pass on 160, things like you know, where it's hard to work some of those signals. But uh, also, uh, when when the contest is over, I take my logs and I upload them to QScope. I love QScope.org. Um, you get a, you can put 100 of your log in, 100 contacts, or you can put your whole log in, but it'll only look at the first 100 contacts, and you can get a little bit of analysis from the, those first 100 you worked, but if you want to put in your full logs from your contest, you need to subscribe, and it costs $5. So it's well worth it, but they'll put in your whole log, give you full analysis, um, and really, I look at the times when errors were made um, to see if, you know... Uh, Maybe we want to add an operator because we were a little short and everybody was tired at four in the morning or, you know, I just, I mean, there's different things you can look at like that. So
0: so you're, you're looking at it mostly for fatigue and, and, and making mistakes.
1: Fatigue or did we not, another good one too, um, I look at to see, um, is log QSO dot com l-o-g-q-s-o dot com that one's free and that uses public logs so like cq worldwide is a public log you can compare your contest uh for the same year with another call sign maybe that you lost that beat you out and you can look at what what they did on each hour and so you can help analyze hey did i not change over to 15 meters soon enough or did i miss this opening or that opening so you can kind of analyze a lot on what you've done wrong in your strategy as well.
0: Okay, very good.
1: Um,
0: and then, if you were just looking at one individual, you know, if you're looking at your own or, or one of your your team members, um, what kinds of, of numbers do you look at? Do you just look like contacts per minute, or and then how do I, you? Boost yeah, I that? look.
1: I look at rate per minute. Make sure everybody was giving good rate. <clears throat> if not, then we know where we can correct and um, help them to get their rate up. Um, also, uh, I will take all the I look at all the errors made when you get your UBN report. It lists all the bad calls, busted call signs, bad exchanges, the not in the logs, and i I match up to who the operator was at the time. And um, and then I divide it out by their contacts. So we ha- so each person gets their own individual error rate. And when you get those UBNs, it's going to give you the average error rate. And you always want to make sure that you're at least under under the average rate. You want a lower score than that. But, you know, so keep that average late. Like CQ Worldwide last year, I think it was 3.2%. So if you can get it under 3.2%, you're doing better than the average contester out there. Um, We like to try and keep ours under 1.5. That's our goal. Um, And so we look at just, I mean, there's all kinds of different factors. Um, So not moving, you know, um, not, like you said, being fatigued. Propagation was really bad. It was really hard to pull out some weak signals. We might have been better on another band even with a lower rate. Because some of these contests, you don't just lose that contact. You'll lose that contact plus two more. So if it's really hard to pull a signal out on that band, why are we fighting so hard on that band when we're going to have a high high error rate? We could have moved to another band where propagation might have been better, but the rate would have been slower, and still been ahead. So
0: yeah. now, I just just thought of a question too. This is one that uh, that we struggle with at school. Uh, what's your opinion on how long do you keep trying? How, you know, when do you give up and move on? When when is it? you know you've spent so much time trying to get this one that you've already lost two or three uh
1: yeah well it depends if you've got a pile up going if you've been calling cq till you're blue and somebody you hear someone faint i'll try and work them but if you have a pile up going i I, you could obviously you're going to work the loud ones off the top um but i'll work them i'll try for three times this is my what i usually do um if i can't pull them out after three times then i'll say hey you know, sorry, I can't pull you out. Oh man, come back and maybe a half hour it'll be better, and um, and then unfortunately sometimes right after that you call CQ tip for ten minutes
0: and, so <laughs> and then there's no one there. Yeah,
1: you never exactly. know. <laughs>
0: exactly, Murphy's law at work. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you mentioned uh, the the Q scope and uh, some of these. What what are some of the other um, Uh, software packages and online tools um, that you can use to generate these stats. Any others that are noteworthy? You know, there's
1: probably more out there. These are the only two that I really use. Uh, Qscope.org is my favorite. Um, They even have a mapping tool. So you can put all your Qsos in there and it'll map it up on Google Earth and you see the Earth spinning while the lights, the little dots light up on who you worked. It's kind of cool. There's lots of cool Tools, but it gives the rate for each operator on each hour, um, and and LogQSO.com does that as well. It shows each contesting hour, and and if you you can compare with three, two other uh, contests, so it could be you in the last three years, or it could be you with two others in the same year. You know, whatever you want to compare, and uh, it's a nice line chart, and you can see the uh, you know where you. We're under their line and where, you know, where you can improve and hopefully beat them out next year, if that's your goal.
0: Yeah. All right. All all great stuff. So check those uh, out and we will put those links uh, on our Facebook page and on our Twitter feed after the show. So you can uh, have a link uh, straight to those if you missed those. And we'll be back with uh, some more with Val and have your questions ready. We'll start taking some questions here after this word from the ham station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by the ham station. For 35 years, the ham station has brought new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to the amateur radio community. Give Jeff or Dan a call at 1-800-729-4373. Or order online at hamstation.com. Hamstation carries all the major brands like Icom, Yaesu, and Kenwood. Shop from a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, Mirage and Ameritron amplifiers, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online shopping and fast shipping are waiting for you at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Oh yeah, you're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The Ham Station has you covered for both new and used equipment. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800 729 4373 or go to hamstation.com. And be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on hamtalklive.com. Also, check, book, check out our Facebook page. And Twitter feed, just search for Ham Talk Live. Okay, well, it's time for your calls. If you have a question for Val, now is the time to give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. Again, that's NET-HAM-1. You can also Skype us at Ham Talk Live. You can also tweet your question uh, at Ham Talk Live. Uh, now the first question that came in uh, a little earlier this evening, um, is, uh, from Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, and he wants to know your opinion on which one has the best receiver a Flex 6700 or your ICOM 7851?
1: Well, hi, Scott. Uh, thanks for the question. Um, uh, we have the Flex 6700, but we just have not had it hooked up and are using it just yet. It's, it's ready to go. Software's downloaded. So, unfortunately, I cannot compare the two. But I got to tell you, I love the 7851. Uh, on the low bands, we were able to hear better on the 7851 versus the K3S. So, comparing those two, uh, the 7851 rocked. Um, so I hope that answers your question, Scott. Hopefully I'll be able to make a comparison uh, down the road. And uh, Jerry says hi, Scott.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll uh, look forward to that. Glenn Johnson was on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he put everything SDR, and, and he, he was just like, oh, it takes all the noise out. It, it's it's the best thing ever. So I can't so wait. So I'll be interested to see uh, what you think about that yeah. as well. All right, 812-NET-HAM-1 is the phone number, 812-NET-HAM-1, or you can uh, Skype us at HamTalkLive or tweet uh, at HamTalkLive. So we'll check that and see if we have anything here. Um, and we'll just keep talking while people are getting ready to call. So if you're calling in... Um, Please go right ahead. I uh, will uh, answer your call here while we're we're talking. So uh, I mentioned n- uh, North Korea a while ago. Uh, so aside from that, what DXCC entity would you like the most?
1: Well, I need 21 more to uh, have them all. But uh, I would have to say probably uh Syria. You know, YK, if I get Syria then that means Isis is gone. Right?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I want
1: North Korea though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want all, all of them. Do. I'll take
1: I'll take all uh what it 21 of them. Yeah, yeah. I'll take any of them.
0: Well, Troy uh, is on the website actually. Um W9KVR just down the road from you uh at, also uh one of our sister schools, the Glenn Raymond School, W9GRS, um, says, you mentioned about when to call it quits when running. How about when searching for the molts?
1: Oh, when, when to stop? If Okay. When, um, if it's a huge pile up, you know, I'll come back sometimes, but I'll try maybe three minutes because I really don't want to mess with my search and pounce rate and I'll, and I'll keep it, I'll put it on my VFO, my VFO B and then I'll go back and search and pounce on a, and I'll just keep switching back to that to see if, you know, and try one, one call (laughs) if I don't get through, you know, and I'll just keep coming back to it every now and then but yeah usually uh if it's something like a, it's a malt rare malt that i need i'll stick with it for about three mi- three to five minutes
0: uh tops before i move on okay fair enough um what is your favorite contest and why is it your favorite contest
1: you know what they're all fun and unique in a way uh but i would i i like the naqps everybody's on more even footing uh, you know, a lot of these contests where you get more points for work in Europe or, you know, outside of the continent, it's really hard from here in the black hole to get through that East Coast wall of sound or the West Coast wall of sound yep, over to, yep. you know, to Asia. So, uh, like, and then, a, a, a North America contest is kind of nice in that respect where it's pretty evenly matched, um, yeah, so those are good. And I always love a WPX contests because my call is, you know, NV is a unique prefix.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, not many of those. Yeah, one of the things that I remember, you're talking about the wall of sound. One of the things I remember um, at Contest University, uh, I think it was last year, was we were looking at, you know, the top 10 ways to improve your score. And the number one answer was move somewhere else <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Nova Scotia would be nice yeah yeah just, but, you know, but with A- ARLDX or you know um yeah any of those I mean I like them the the domestic contest I think
0: yeah okay yeah Troy says thanks and looking forward yep. to working you and Jerry uh this upcoming school year and and Glenn you know, Raymond
1: school is so close to us
0: yeah he's just, yeah I have to come in and road. visit
1: them uh Next time they're gonna have a be on the air for a contest, maybe we'll come by.
0: Yeah, Troy, uh, Troy's been down to visit here um at our school before and we usually kinda pair up a little bit and help each other out. So that'd be that'd be great. Eight one two net ham one. Eight one two net ham one or you can tweet us at ham talk live. Or you can Skype ham talk live if you have a question for Val on uh the log analysis, or uh, DX, DXing, the expeditions, uh, whatever you want to ask, why? Give us a call. Um, if you had to pick one contact that, that was your favorite, or, or one that you know you're just so glad that it was finally over, um, what would that be?
1: Well, you always fall in love with your first. So my first contact to the Netherlands. My first HF contact. That was kind of cool. But my absolute favorite of all time was uh when I was in CQ Worldwide Sideband. Uh It was like my third contest ever. I just started contesting a few weekends earlier. And uh, I stumbled onto WB9 zs frequency because he was doing 10 meters only high power. I was 10 meters only low power and got to talk to him. And we flirted for a little yeah. bit. And <laughs> now we're engaged. and. <laughs> Yeah. So, th- so it worked well. <laughs> <laughs> that yes, worked out it well. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, and he m- was so good. And I, I, like, took 15 minutes out of not ser- – I was only searching and pouncing because I was too terrified to run. So I took 15 minutes uh, away from my contests, and I just sat there and listened to him, and I was just so amazed. You
0: yeah. know, one, one of the things that happened um, um, at school one time, which – I won't mention any names because I'll probably embarrass the kid to death. But, but um, he he emailed me and said, "Hey, I saw you know your picture of your club in QST, and I saw you had uh, you had a lot of girls in the club, and so he started asking about one of the girls, and it's like, yeah, I heard her on the air. She's she sounded really good. I just sat there to listen for a while. Yeah." That happens. Mm -hmm. So while we're on the the subject of of YLs, um, what are your thoughts about supporting YLs more in the hobby? What are some things that we can do to help that out and raise that percentage up?
1: Well, you know, when I lived in Milwaukee area um, and I was before I got on HF and I was real active in my uh, local repeater club. And I was pushing to put a wild net on because um, we always had a fun net, we had a computer net, we had a swap net, you know. So we had it, it was a very active repeater, and so I wanted to put on a wild net and where they could talk about anything except ham radio. They were not allowed to talk about ham radio because I think a lot of women get a lot of women in that area had their licenses, but they were afraid to get on the air and talk. and And I know my fear when I first got my ticket. I was was afraid to get on the air and talk because I was so afraid someone was going to ask me a technical question and I would give a bad answer to or not know the answer to it. So I was kind of afraid in that respect because I wasn't real confident in my technical skills as far as amateur radio. And uh, so I think if things like that to get them, I mean, you know, one night they could talk about shopping or, a re- favorite recipes or you know just different things that women like to talk about and i think that would draw them in on the air more and feel more comfortable being on the air um, i know we have the ylrl i'm a member of that which helps promote uh, uh women in the hobby um so there's different ways girl scouts i know i talked to girl scout troops on the air when i was whiskey one alpha whiskey portable nine uh up in wisconsin uh, a woman who was a ham came on the air and asked me if she could uh, her, she was going to have she's a troop leader and she was going to have her girls there in like an hour and could she bring them on the air and, and talk with me and I absolutely so I talked to all the girls in the troop and that was pretty cool um, so yeah I mean we all do our part hopefully to try and get more Wiles in it but I think a lot of Wiles are intimidated by the technical aspect because it's just um, you know they're it's just they're not confident in that area Hope if they're like me anyway
0: yeah, now one of the things my mom did when, when she got on the air was she would get on there and talk with another YL, and, and they would get on the repeater and talk about recipes. And a lot of the guys in the club complained about it. Because they're like, you're wasting repeater time, you know, nowadays, you know, it's like, yeah, the repeater sits there, you know, 23 hours a day, no one's on there. Well, back then, you know, before cell phones and everything, you know, the repeater could be a little bit busy, uh, but, but they were like, you know, you're tying up the repeater to talk about recipes, you know? (laughs) And, and so, that's so
1: they could get on the air and talk about gout or trains. Right, you know? so right, exactly. yeah. exactly, you know, it's got to be fair for everybody. It's,
0: it's gardens, yeah. ailments, and the weather. Those <laughs> yeah, are the exactly. three things to talk about on AM radio. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so they went off to Simplex. So they started, you know, which they were about 30 miles apart. So it wasn't easy to, to do Simplex always. But but um, they both had beams, so they, they would get on Simplex. But the funny thing was... You wouldn't believe how many people followed them over to the simplex frequency to listen <laughs> to it's their amazing. conversations.
1: It's amazing how many people are in the shadows on two meters. You know, I was in the shadows for a long time because I was afraid to talk or bust into a rag too. So I sat in the shadows a lot because I was, you know, I was scared. A lot of people are shy that way. And they just wanted to have some something in the background to listen to while they're doing whatever they're doing, too. So, But, yeah, that is pretty cool that they follow the women.
0: Yeah, they just followed them over there. So they were still on. It was just, uh, you know, they were still being listened to. It was just not on the repeater anymore. Um, now, one of the things you mentioned in your uh, talk over at Contest University was uh, one of the first contests uh, you worked and you won – your, your,
1: um, your oh, class yeah, yeah.
0: so oh, tell yeah, us about that
1: and that was operator skill I'll tell you that all the way it was my very first contest I did a California Cusa party. I figured I'd start small and what I did and and you know what actually you could take away from this uh, uh, something to do if you're just starting off in contesting I, I looked at the category you know and looked at my station and what I and so I could only really, I only had 400 watts because I needed new tubes on my amp and I couldn't afford them at the time. And so I thought, I'll just do low power while only out of state. So I won, but I was the only entry in that category. So,
0: But uh, you but ended yeah, first.
1: I got it. Well, or last, how you look at it.
0: No, but I no, mean, no, 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 no. We'll keep it first. World, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you got first place <laughs> in the world in that contest.
1: And then the next weekend, I was so hooked. The next weekend, I think, was a Scandinavian activity contest, SAC. And I just got up in the morning. I had my robe on, still fired up the radio. And I hear these guys doing a contest. So I pull up my little N1MM and I just work a couple guys and I just kept going, kept going, kept going. Like three hours later, okay, I, I think I'll get dressed now, take a shower and have some coffee. And I never turned my login. Well, they kept emailing me, turn your login, turn your login. So I turned my log in and I got first place USA.
0: <laughs> so
1: always turn your log in. You never know.
0: I, I keep trying to convince our local club to, to for the field day strategy is to work like 19 alpha. You know, just pick some random number and, and just, you know, transmit for one minute on all those different bands and modes so that we can be like 19 alpha and then we're the only club in the category and we win <laughs>
1: well, I think we yeah, tried that in college and it didn't stations. work it's not just yeah 19 separate stations that's a lot of antennas and radios to hook up
0: yeah well we yeah, used a lot of handhelds,
1: filters and
0: we used yeah. a lot of handhelds
1: we oh, used a lot, that's a lot true. of
0: vhf uhf and different modes you know we got We got CW Digital and and Voice on two meters and then on 440. And, you know, it was just a matter of, okay, everybody grab a radio and let's see how many we can get. And and it backfired. Somebody else did the same thing. So
1: So you got second place?
0: Yeah, we got second place. So, you know, it works. So, yeah, turn in your log. You never know what what may happen there.
1: And, and that's a good thing too. If you, if your station's limited or whatever, and you want to do, and you want a little confidence builder, go through the, uh, you can go through the prior year's results and see where there's, or, or world records. If you're looking to win a record for your, uh, nine land or eight land or wherever, and look and see where the, the weaknesses and go, you know what, I think I can beat that. And then plan your, that, that contest, you know, and, and do that category. Um, because you'll see some scores are crazy high, and then all of a sudden there's one real low score, in there, and they're like, oh, look at that. I think I might be able to pass that up and uh, pick your category based on that. So I do that sometimes. I did a QRP contest while Jerry had to be on a deserted island because he hates QRP. So I waited till he was on a de- deserted island, and I did <laughs> QRP contest. And it was fun. I got second place. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was fun.
0: Yeah, that's great. 've got um uh, we've got just a couple of minutes here left um and go ahead and tweet your questions if uh if you're out there I know a lot of people are off watching the speeches tonight but um if you uh, can tweet us a question or uh, call eight one two net ham one is the number uh, but since we've got a couple of minutes here um let, let's talk about the about the ham nation show so uh You've been doing the the DX part of that uh, mostly, and so we we enjoy hearing um, you know what's coming up in in DX soon. So, what are some of those you know things that you're you're seeing coming up soon, and um, some of your thoughts on Ham Nation? Well, nothing much coming
1: up right now because it's summer, so propagation isn't good. Most DX expeditions happen in the fall or the winter. So I really haven't been watching that, although, you know, there's a lot of six-meter action going on right now. So, um, But uh, as far as – and what was the second question? Ham Nation. Oh, Ham Nation. Oh, well, I used to watch and I was always in the chat room and uh, they noticed – I think it was right around the time I was piloting – uh, maybe Amsterdam Island. I was piloting Amsterdam Island. and I was a lead pilot, so all the other pilot stations in Europe and Australia and stuff uh, filtered all their stuff through me. And so uh, people were asking me about some questions on Amsterdam Island, and I was getting ready to head off to Ceiba Sa- Island, which P-Day 6 down in the Caribbean, um, for a contest. So people were asking me about that as well. And um, so I think Bob Heil and them saw me in there talking about the DX from FT5ZM and the contest I was going to be doing from uh, PJ6. So they realized there was a kind of a hole in the programming. And so they asked me to come on board and be their DXing contesting person, which I jumped at the chance because when I got in ham radio, I had a lot of Elmers in two meters, but not, no one I knew did HF. So I really learned everything the hard way. So I thought it would be cool to get on there and teach people how to do some of this stuff that I really had to learn the hard way so they didn't have to go through what I went through. And I and there is one de-expedition coming up I just want to mention real quick. The St. Paul, um, Paul Island de-expedition, that's coming up August 19th through the 29th. I think it's Charlie Yankee 9 Charlie, I think. Charlie Yankee 9 Charlie. So uh, that's pretty much the only thing coming up that I know of.
0: And the last we get North Korea.
1: Right, which could be any day. You which never know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to put APRS on Dom.
0: Um, yeah, um, yeah. Just hide, <laughs> there we go. Hide, hide
1: something in a sneaker or his sneakers, luggage.
0: You know. Yeah, we did. We did some. Um, we always do a transmitter hunt at the end of the school year with our, our our high school club, and and so some of them knew that I had APRS. So I found uh, out they, uh, were uh, getting, uh, they were getting they were getting on. So I was I always remember to turn off my uh, to. My beacon because they they would yeah. <laughs> sneak up on that yeah. so yeah just stick APRS fox, on dom fox and hunts
1: are fun and that's a good way to get kids in the hobby too fox hunts oh yeah they love, they that, love stuff. that they get it's to like drive on go kind of thing.
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly well Valerie thanks so much for being on the show Thank we appreciate you, it we're glad you're feeling better because you had to reschedule I know. Uh, the last yeah. Sorry time about but that. glad uh, glad you're feeling better uh, that's fine and. uh, uh, you're welcome back anytime, and if you have some good uh, DX news, why come on back, and uh, we we'll would be, be glad to have you on.
1: Appreciate it, Neil. Thanks for having me, and thank right. you, everybody, for listening.
0: All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank my guest, Valerie, NV9L, and all the callers and listeners out there in cyberspace and invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Now, next week, we're going to do something a little different. Um, a lot of people have been asking me about how to get young people into amateur radio. Sometimes it's those discussions after the show uh, or before the show and uh, out and about. So I'm going to do the show next week uh, solo. So you've been warmed. You get forty forty five 45 minutes of just me, but we're going to talk about uh, starting up ham radio clubs in schools and how to get young people into ham radio. So. That's coming up next week. It's, uh, it's going to be Young People uh, Night next Thursday night, 9 p.m., right here at HamTalkLive.com. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, be sure also to go to HamTalkLive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.